Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, I guess it was going to be as easy as we thought it would be. Uh, Cleveland Guardians tie up the divisional series one game apiece, taking the second game at Yankee Stadium there. So going for the split, which is usually when you're the road team, that's what you're looking to do. And it's kind of a frustrating game because really right there for the Yankees. I mean, pitching was good enough. Just really um, the bats absolutely took the afternoon off. Um, pretty much had holes in the bats, especially Judge, really with a terrible game. The only offense really coming on one swing by uh Giancarlo stand. So we'll get into all that and kind of go over the key points of this game and kind of just look at Boone's moves towards the late going towards the bullpen there. Again, I don't really blame this game on Boone. I just think the Yankees pretty much, you know, they used the relievers as best they could. And then at the point, you, you know, you have no one left. You have to go with Tyone because you don't know how many innings. Maybe the game's going to go another three or four innings. So going with a starting pitcher there wasn't a bad mistake. But again, we'll get into all that. But before we do, i uh, got plenty of divisional series left to go. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to us. Uh, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, there's got to be a like or a subscribe button or something there. Hit that and get notified when new episodes go out, come up. And again, we try to do little wrap-ups after each little individual game because, of course, they're so vital and important. Uh, so many big moments there. So uh, the Yankees kind of riding high on the hog, you know, the, um, winning the first game there 4-1. to one. Now, the game two was pushed back a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was supposed to be Thursday night, but unfortunately, due to rain in New York, uh, they pushed it back to Friday. And I guess it's one of the good points of having that, you know, those built-in off days. Uh, so it kind of works uh, well in that way. But now the Yankees and, and Cleveland, you know, on that side is still, we're going to have to play three consecutive games in a row. Um, obviously, you're going to go right, you know, right to Cleveland. So you can have games three and four in Cleveland then if necessary. And hopefully the Yankees, one way or another, you know, they would come back to New York. You know, obviously you don't want to lose the next two in Cleveland. So uh, if necessary, then game five will be back in New York on Monday. So uh, in the game itself, it was Nesta Cortez against Shane Bieber. And the Yankees got the Bieber right away. And you figure, all right, you know what? This is going to be a laugh for the rest of the way. You know, Yankees take, you know, game two and probably just cruise into Cleveland. But, um, you know, Cleveland pretty much stopped, you know, stopped the Yankees after the first inning. And from that, it was pretty much uh, Cleveland gutting it out the rest of the way. So in the bottom of the first inning, uh, Glebo Torres off Shane Bieber, hits a single, gets on. And then Gio Carlos Stanton, kind of a funny at bat. So there was a pitch that, you know, was called a strike. Now it was a little on the outside. Stanton thought it should be a ball. And of course, the Yankee bench thought it would be a ball. Well, the Yankees would get the benefit of another pitch because then the very next pitch, an outside fastball, uh, Stanton crushed it to right field. So an opposite field, two-run home run, put the Yankees up early, 2 nothing. Again, you won game one, you're up 2 nothing. You got Nesta Cortez on the mound. You're feeling... Very good. And really, I'll say to the third inning was really the turning point of the game. So in the third, again, the Yankees still up 2 nothing. So uh, Judge would strike out the, the lead off the inning. So, you know, that was kind of the – that's basically been the story of the Judge in the first two games of this you know, divisional series. So Rizzo walks afterwards. Um, Glebo Torres hit an infield single to the shortstop hole. Now, Rizzo made a good play on it, but it was kind of deep in the hole there. And kind of like – basically, it was like, you know, on his side. So it was really nothing he could do with the ball. Try to throw it to second, but Rizzo, again, was ready there. So really had no play in the ball, but he threw it anyway. So now the Yankees were kind of set up there. Uh, runners in first and second. Bieber would uncork a wild pitch afterwards, which actually moved the runners up to second and third. So now you have Stanton up with only one out and second and third there. And it's at a point where the Yankees could probably put this game away just with, you know, obviously Cleveland's offense not that great. Only scored one run in the first game. And overall, the season, again, not known for their offense. So if the Yankees could have put up a fourth spot in that in that third inning there, I think that pretty much would have put the game away for the Yankees. And that was really the real frustrating part because um, then after that, uh, Beeb was able to hunker down, strike out Stanton. And next up was Donaldson, who did work a full count and was able to make contact on a three-two pitch. Got a little flat to left field. And for a second, for a second, you thought it was going to drop in. And of course, that, you know, on two outs, you know, run, the runners were going. They very most likely would have scored both runs. At least it would have been one run, but very good chance maybe two runs score in that spot there. Uh, but Quan with the shoestring uh, catch, as they said, 
preserves the lead. I'm sorry, preserves the lead at just two nothing there. And for again, for me, I think that was basically the turning point of the game for the Yankees, not being able to put a few more runs there. Because then after that, it was Cleveland the rest of the way, and they got right to work in the fourth, uh, top of the fourth. Now it was kind of a weird play, two outs, a little chopper to uh, Glaber Torres at second base. Uh, Josh Naylor kind of busting it down the line there. Bad throw by Torres. Gets by Rizzo and for Naylor, more importantly for him, actually just he hit first base kind of funny with his leg there. And it was kind of, you know, for a second, you know, Frank Cohen had to come out. The trainer had to come out and they had to look at, you know, possibly can he stay in this game or not. And again, for Cleveland, that would be a blow because um, he's one of their, you know, few power hitters they have. So he was able to stay in the game there. But this is okay. And as the court says, this, you know, got a little wild there. Wasn't able to, you know, didn't really have his good stuff. And uh, Cleveland was able to uh, scratch a run out. So after Naylor was on first, uh, he would walk Miller. And then uh, Jimenez up the lefty. Now, it was a lefty-on-lefty matchup. Nesto was ahead of him 0-2. Again, opportunity where you can maybe just throw one outside the zone a little bit, get him to chase. But uh, Nesto game actually a hittable pitch. So on 0-2, he actually yanks it into right field. Uh, nail it, even with the bad foot, able to score. Again, he's going to be running on two outs anyway from second base and cut the Yankee lead in half 2-1. to one. Now, Nesto would get out of the inning there, but... Uh, again, it was just kind of a freakish thing where, you know, you go from two outs, nobody on. Naylor gets on, you know, thanks to a bad throw from Glaybar, and then you get a couple a walk, and then a kind of a little flare hit from, from Jimenez. Uh, so, again, it's just, uh, you know, just kind of a little bad luck there. But nevertheless, you know, Nesta wasn't exactly sharp in that inning, but at least keeps the lead 2-1. to one. Now, in the fifth inning, uh, Nesta gives up the lead, solo home run to Ahmed Rosario, the former Met, ties the game up at that, at that point 2-2. And that's all, you know, you got from Nesta five innings, which I kind of said, you know, a couple of episodes ago, that's pretty much, you know, in the playoffs, that's probably going to get, you know, unless he just gets on a real roll there. Um, you know, Cole, you know, Cole is, and maybe Severino, the type of pitches that are going to probably go deep, you know, if they go there. Nestor, you know, just pretty much the way he was the whole season in, in playoffs, you know, it's going to be tougher. You figure just going to get five, maybe six the most out of him. But in this case, it was just five innings. Again, he kind of labored there um, in the third um, and fourth. Uh, fourth innings was throwing a lot of pitch there so nevertheless it was the Yankee bullpen the rest of the way and again I kind of like the way Boone pieced it together not using this one guy for a whole inning just kind of go matchup to matchup uh, just kind of piecing along there just because the Yankees don't really have defined guys yet I mean it seems Holmes is throwing the ball a little bit better again he got the save in the first game had a you know had a decent inning in this game where he didn't give up any runs so you know maybe now you can feel a little bit more comfortable Holmes as the ninth inning guy but it seems like his three main guys are going to be Loisaga, Peralta, Holmes those are going to be the three that he's going to go to in the tight spots there uh, which kind of makes sense it was probably just the Yankees best three, you know best three options so um, now the bottom of the eighth Yankee had another opportunity to possibly go ahead in this game by a run maybe even two runs so Karen check in now he's a tough righty but a little wild so. He would walk Stanton and kind of the form of the Yankee used her at the beginning of the season, um, having Tim LoCastro pinch run for Stanton. And they, they kind of used that a lot early on to see it was successful. Didn't see that maybe in the middle and towards the end of the season, just because LoCastro was hurt pretty much, you know, most of the regular season. Uh, but the formula worked this time. So on first base as a pinch run, able to steal second there. Afterwards, uh, Karinchek walked Donaldson as well as walked um, kind of Fleffa. So loaded the bases for the Yankees. Now there were two outs. Uh, so at that point, I guess, you know, Francona was playing around because this is basically the season for him. I mean, if, you know, if Cleveland goes down two games to nothing, then, I uh, mean, yeah, you feel you're coming home, but, you know, you're done. So I'll see, you know, at this point, you have, you know, it's all hands at the deck, whatever you got to do. So even though it was in the eighth inning there, um, he went to his closer, Manuel Classe, again, probably one of the best closers in the game, up against Higgy. Now, Trevino started the game, but towards the middle late innings there, actually gave Matt Carpenter a pitch hitting situation. He would strike out. So uh, uh, Higashioka in there uh, for the Yankees at the catcher. Now, 
amazingly enough, no, Class A, he kind of throws 100 miles per hour, but he went after Higgy with two sliders, like, you know, low 90s. I mean, I'm sure it's tough to hit because you expect 100 miles per hour. But then on the third pitch, actually, Higgy got a really good, you know, I was surprised Class A gave him that good of a pitch to hit. Hit a little flare to third base. Now it'll be a line out to, uh, to Ramirez. But again, just, a, you know, an inch or two left, to, you know, right on that bat. It's definitely looking at maybe a two-run, possibly a two-run double. And the Yankees would have been able to take a four to lead at that point. But nevertheless, it's just a bases loaded line out to the third baseman. Then again, the Yankees spoil another opportunity to take a lead in the game. Now, in the ninth inning, now Cleveland threatened a little bit and came from a you know unlikely source. Now, Peralta started the top of the ninth. Um, and again, this is look at the formula Boone's been using, kind of going batter by batter. Got a lefty bat out, then went to Holmes. Holmes got a strikeout. And it was probably Holmes' best, the best he's looked in a quite a while, actually, got to say, uh, on a strikeout. But then... Uh, with uh, Stephen Kwan up, uh, he would hit a little ground ball to uh, first base. Now, uh, uh, amazingly, um, you know, Straw there was on for, at first base thanks to a walk. Uh, but, but but since Rizzo was close to the bag, they guarding first base. He was actually positioned perfectly for Kwan's grounder, but he actually mooted the ball again, which is rare for Rizzo. He's getting Gold Glove caliber uh, defender there. Ball actually ended up going to right field, so Straw was able to run to third base. So he had runners on first and third with the two outs, and again, uh, opportunity where maybe Cleveland could take. The lead there, but Holmes again with that nasty uh, sinker, able to get Rosario to ground out on the first pitch, and the Yankees get out of that jam and go to the bottom of the ninth. Unfortunately, Classe was still on, and, and the Yankees not able to do anything with him there. So then they came to the top of the tenth, and now uh, you the, people could judge this, say, "Hey, why didn't you stick with Holmes there?" Boone decides to bring out Jameson Tyone. I'm okay with you know removing Holmes from that game. Number one, again, he didn't did throw kind of a lot of pitches. Again, he had to walk to Marcus Straw. Um, he did have, you know, so he had to throw some extra pitches there. And again, Holmes, you know, kind of coming back from, you know, this injured towards the middle part of the season there. I don't think you want to extend him too much and have him come out for multiple innings there. So again, people are going to kind of complain, you know, why don't you stick with Holmes? But I don't know if Holmes would have been good for another three outs. I mean, it just, you know, I, I was okay. And plus, you know, the Yankees have to look at, you know, they're playing the next three games in a row. They got a game tomorrow. They got a game Sunday and possibly maybe a game Monday. Uh, so, again, if Holmes might have to be ready to go tomorrow as well, I don't think you want your closer throwing too many pitches. Now, in the case of Cleveland, Class A threw a lot of pitches, again, the most pitches he'd thrown in the entire season. But, again, Cleveland's in a different situation. They're down one game to nothing. They got a lead there. They cannot, you know, they got to lead with a split from the Bronx. Otherwise, you know, their their season's done. So, in the case of Class A, I don't mind, I, you know, I understand Francona leaving him in there. But for the Yankees, at, at, you know, at a tied game, uh, I don't want, I, I'm okay not bringing Holmes out there for the 10th inning. And, Again, you could have brought out maybe someone else, Lucas Lucky, but um, Tyone made sense there just because he's not going to start one of these games. So, you know, and he's, as a start, he's stretched out. So if this game ended up going to like 13, 14, 15 innings, at least Tyone has the, uh, you know, the endurance to be able to throw, go four or five innings if need be. So I'm okay with the move. This, unfortunately, which happens a lot of time when you take a duck out of water and put him in a situation you're not used to, usually things don't turn out well, and it didn't for the Yankees. Um, the first bat he faced, Jose Ramirez, leads off with a double. And you just knew it was trouble from there. And then thanks to a throwing error by Donaldson, uh, Ramirez was able to go to third base. So he had third base and nobody out. And you just you just knew the game was over at that point. Um, so afterwards, Gonzalez, right after that, uh, would single him in. So gave Cleveland the lead 3-2. to two. So again, they kind of gutted their way all the way back uh, from being down 0-2 in the first inning, uh, just kind of grinding the whole way with their pitching staff and then able to get the lead there. And then Josh Naylor, again, early in the game, again, had that bad foot. Uh, I guess maybe he got better um, with a double of his own scoring Gonzalez. At that point, Cleveland took the game 4-2. to two, And again, fans started to file out a little bit. You just knew it was over. Uh, at that point, Clark Schmidt was able to you know get out of the inning, just keep it 4-2. But again, the Yankees were pretty much cooked 
uh, at that point. Um, so, and then it came to the bottom 10th, as mentioned, uh, Francona decided to leave Kase in there, which again was the right move. And I think regardless, he was coming out anyway for that inning. Now, the thing is, even though he's, he was tough and he did have his 100 mile power fastball or cutter, as they say, when he needed, but yeah, he was hittable. He wasn't just like overwhelming dominance. So the Yankees, you know, they could have gotten some, you know, they got a couple of good swings off him. Uh, just couldn't put it all together. Uh, now, Lacasio led off the bottom of the 10th. Again, he pinch ran for Stanton, so again, no more Stanton. Um, put some decent wood on it, but it was just a fly out to left field. Now, Donaldson would have walked to make it a little bit interesting. Uh, but then Oswaldo Cabrera would strike out and swing out of the zone and struck out in two big spots um, in the eighth and then the 10th inning there where maybe the Yankees could have done something. I'm not saying at the point where you maybe decide to maybe game three, maybe take a look at Hicks, see if Hicks could do a little better because, again, again, Cabrera didn't do much in these first two games. I'm still okay with leaving him in there. Again, he still has the good defense, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay with him. But you could possibly look at maybe looking somewhere else uh, for game three because, again, hitting-wise, uh, Cabrera hasn't been good so far in this uh, you know divisional series. And then kind of Falefa would have ground out the second base to end the game. And, again, Cleveland, for them, probably joyfully uh, take the uh, second game 4-2. to two. And, just, again, as I mentioned before, a miserable game for Judge, 0-5 for five, with four strikeouts. Can struck out three times in game one. And so he's just completely out of whack. I mean, it seems like there's a hole in his bat and he's just guessing wrong. So, you know, the, the kind of judge that was around the 59-60 home run mark who was very disciplined and he wasn't swinging outside the zone and taking his walks. Well, that Aaron Judge, I don't know, he's, he's on vacation somewhere. This Aaron Judge, and now you see him pressing there, swinging out of the zone or just looking, you know, fastballs going right down the middle. So that means he's guessing wrong. He's just completely out of whack right now. So uh, hopefully the change of scenery maybe in Cleveland will work out better for him with the green walls out there. Uh, but nevertheless, the win goes to uh, Class A. And Shane Bieber, uh, again, other than the, the, that home run he gave up to Stanton in the uh, first inning, was, you know, good quality start. Uh, pitch five and two-thirds inning, just giving up those two runs. Seven strikeouts, did have three walks in that one wild pitch. Uh, but again, it was just enough, and the Yankees could, you know, couldn't really put it in together. And it was really that third inning that did them in when you had second, third, and just one out. And Stanton and Donaldson back-to-back couldn't do anything. And that was where the game was lost because, you know, if, if the Yankees would have tacked on there, Four nothing, I think. Then you say, you know, sayonara to the Guardians, but they come back, and uh, now it's going to be a bit of a series. So moves to Game Three. It's going to be uh, in Cleveland now. So it's uh, Saturday night. Luis Severino versus Tristan McKenzie. McKenzie, a Brooklyn native, so I'm not sure if he's a Yankee or Met fan, but nevertheless, uh, the Yankees are going to have to uh, figure him out. And he had that one game he pitched where um, I think it was the only game the Yankees lost to Cleveland during the regular season. It was that Sunday afternoon game, and he pretty much dominated the Yankees for seven or eight innings. So. I don't know, you know, it might be, you know, hopefully hopefully uh, they're going to watch the tape on that one and get the bats going because, again, the bats were asleep on this, you know, Friday afternoon for the Yankees. So we're tied up here at 1-1 and, you know, and even more bit of an you know, urgency. Look over the other side there at Houston and Seattle. Now Houston taking a comfortable 2-0 lead as that series shifts now to Seattle. So maybe the, the Seattle home crowd could uh, change things a little bit, but you don't want a situation where Houston finishes up early and if the Yankees do get past Cleveland now, well, they're all kind of the whole pitching rotation, everything's all out of whack. You don't want you know, Houston, you know, finishing before you, and it gives Houston time to line everything up with their bullpen and the starters and whatnot. So, kind of a little bit of race against time there. But, but again, Yankees could be able to catch up. You have three games in a row, so we'll see what happens. So, series shifts to Cleveland. Uh, so, no easy sweep for the Yankees because it's going to be a bit of a dogfight, and then the bats got to wake up, and Judge has to wake up. Because uh, right now, again, he's just been an automatic out in these these two series. So Section 420 Talking Yankees, make sure you like, subscribe, follow this podcast, and uh, get notified of new content that comes up throughout the rest of this series. Catch you later.